Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions provides easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses, and I will be your host today for the Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Uh, if you are interested <clears throat> in learning more about the um, uh, line of credit for your business, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Over the last, <clears throat> oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. I got some uh, morning coffee breath, I think, or <laughs> cough. Over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies on the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people with business experience. And today I'm excited to be speaking with Easton Patton from First Family, I'm sorry, Family First Life. Easton and his team at Family First help folks find the right insurance, protect their homes, family, and other important assets. The Family First Life distribution, uh, disruption brand is all about accessibility to the people that truly need these services. Many of his clients are typically underserved, middle to low income, overlooked, and forgotten. The other core value to his organization is making sure that agents don't just come on and survive, but excel at a high level. His group is the highest performing sales group within the entire company at First Family Life um, or also his organization that he is a part of. Easton, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Stephen, thanks a bunch for having me on. I really appreciate you. Sure. So today's topic is something that I know uh, something about as well. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's something that I, you know, when I go to pick guests, I, I look at the topics that they're going to talk about. And if I think they're going to be really good for our listeners, I definitely, uh, move forward with them. And today is how getting a mentor can accelerate your growth. I had a mentor for 20, over 20 years. I, I can attribute almost all of my success. Well, I wouldn't say that a lot of my success to, to him in many different ways. And we'll kind of talk about it as well. Um, but, um, but, you know, so I, I think it's a good, I, everybody, I think most people want a mentor and, um, and I, it's just so hard to find. And so maybe you could share with us a little bit, uh, Easton, your experience with either you having a mentor or you mentoring other people. Yeah, that's a great, great place to start. So as you know, when you're first getting into any kind of business, if it's your first time, so I was not even in the industry before I started doing this job. So getting into this space and having kind of no idea where to even begin, it'd be really weird to ask people that are at my same level or not involved in the business or struggling themselves on where to go. So the nice thing about working where I do at Family First Life is we have access to everybody that's been here two weeks, two years, up to you know eight and a half years with a company that have built and scaled multi-million dollar organizations. And since everyone's operating as an independent contractor and it helps the entire company succeed, I was just looking to get in touch with the right people that maybe had a similar start to me in the industry. I really struggled when I got into the life insurance industry as a brand new guy. I didn't understand how it worked. I didn't even know that there was a big business building side to it. 
So I started reaching out just for to top sales guys just to start and get their mentorship so that I could survive. And then that evolved into, okay, who is built and scaled at a high level that would understand my situation and be able to help me move forward. So I just started reaching out to the top 10 guys and the top builders in the whole company and started kind of interrogating all of them to say, hey, what did, you know, this is what I'm doing that's not working. And this is where we've seen a little success. Can you kind of point me in the right direction? And had I not had people to say, this is exactly what I'm doing. Um, I feel like I'm stuck right here. What's the next step? They can say, they can give me a list of 10, 15, 20 things that, hey, this is massive mistakes that you're making, or this is why you guys are slowing down now. Here's what I did to get over the hump that you're in at this size of a company. And and really pour back into me because we are in a situation where if if I get bigger, it helps all of my managers' companies grow and helps the company grow. So everybody's really willing to sit down and say, here's your mistakes, here's your staffing issue, here's where you're you know making some huge losses that you don't need to and evaluate and help me move forward. And that, I mean, that's massive to be able to have access to those kind of people. Yeah, I mean, how how easy was it? Do you think, let me ask you this. I mean, is it common in the insurance industry for somebody to, to go find or get a mentor? I would say it's really common in the space. I think it's uncommon that people are willing to reach out to people that are so far above them because you want to provide value to the people that you're talking to as well. If that makes sense. Like it's, I've heard a couple of people talk about it before where if you're reaching up and you reach up a little bit too high, like what are you also able to provide to that person so that it's a mutually beneficial relationship? So people will be a little bit hesitant. And I was really, really nervous to be honest when I first started reaching up. Cause I was like, why would they, why would they want to take their time to help me? Like, I don't, they don't know me from anybody. Like I'm, you know, fairly new into the company. I'm a really small team. So that part is uncomfortable, which is why a lot of people will hesitate to reach up because they don't, they are like, oh, this person's really busy. Like, I don't want to bother them. And when you're all working as a team and on the same side, trying to all grow and get better, it's actually weird that they wouldn't want to reach out to get your help if you've already had the success that they're looking for. So well, yeah, it was uncomfortable. Right. That happens kind of in your industry because I can kind of see, uh, see where the people, well, I, I get it. I think, you know, if somebody's not in the insurance industry, let, let, let me give you my example uh, first. I think it's very hard to find a, a mentor and it's also good to find a mentor who you, uh, who you think is good. Um, I think we're all, so I'll give you my uh, experiences that, that I've had too in the subject matter and then, uh, uh, and then we'll go uh, deeper into it. So I always wanted a mentor, right? Um, and it was always really, really hard for me to find somebody. Um, and so I, and I, t- I'm a go-getter. So I, uh, you know, like you, uh, Easton, I, I, I think you are too. We're both, uh, like cut, cut from the same mo- mode. Um, so I was kind of looking, but I never, you know, could find one. And so then I finally, I was taking these, these courses called, uh, this is after I graduated college. I was, uh, cases from the Harvard business school at Princeton and, um, and, the the professor that I was teaching the class uh, was an unbelievably great, successful businessman. I, I thought he was unbelievable, and uh, I took the, I actually took the same course five years in a row. 
because every semester you would get a different 10 class, uh, 10 uh, cases of businesses that you were, that you were going through. And so I, about maybe three quarters of the way through those six, like after the fourth year mark, I went to my mentor and I, uh, you know, what he didn't know I was asking for this at the time. And I just went to him. I said, do you mind just, you know, sitting down with me for lunch and, you know, kind of going over, you know, some of my business ideas. This is before I had my first business. And he said, sure. And that turned into us meeting every quarter, every three months for 20 years. And the not only was he the smartest businessman I ever had, but or, or knew, he was also somebody who was very positive. And as you know, when you're building a business, it you need somebody sometimes to be a cheerleader. And he would always, I would think I was doing terrible. And he'd be like, he goes, you know, you're crazy. Look what you're doing. You've done this. You've done this. You, your revenue is this. You're, you're, he goes, I think you're doing great. And he, that was a big benefit. And I was with, uh, you know, he was my mentor for 20 years. And, um, but uh, the, you know, my first uh, thing that I learned was don't just like, as I got, as he became more of a mentor to me, after 10 years or so, I realized that I was beginning to know more than he did. And that he, that he wasn't as great as I thought he was, which he was, but I, you know, I learned that early on, I jumped to the idea that someone was, you know, fantastic. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing. The, the second thing, um, after he's, we stopped being mentor cause it kind of ran its course. I then went to the CEO of priceline.com and he, uh, and just, just an example of Easton, what you're talking about. Um, he, I went to him and I asked him, I had lunch with him and I asked him to be my mentor and I was already pretty experienced you know, he was building billion, he had built billion dollar companies and went public. And I was at the time a $10 million company. And he just really wasn't interested. He wanted, I think he wanted a bigger play. And so that kind of didn't work either. So, I mean, those, I just wanted to share, get out my experience and, and to illustrate uh, Easton, what you're saying kind of to be true. Um, for you, it was kind of easy for you to find mentors, but I think for most people, it's not. And so, I mean, do you have some suggestions that how, if someone wanted to find a mentor, how they might go about doing that? Yeah, I would, I would. So to your point, you're talking about reaching up to the, the Priceline guy. For me, I would start with someone that's a little bit closer to my size. Like I would never call our CEO if I've been here three months and recruited my first person to work with me. You know, that it would be a weird conversation and relationship for us to build now. So I started with the guy that was one level ahead of me, you know, and he basically brought me as far as we could possibly go together. And we're still, you know, work together on a daily basis. But then it's like, okay, now you're at this level. Who can take you from, you know, a 5 million to a 10 million to a 20 million? <clears throat> Then I will say, Stephen, that our situation is a little bit unique because to have access to a streamline where I can just 
make a phone call and go up levels is, is very unique. So most people can't do that. But I would find someone that's in a similar space and say, hey, you know, I'm either brand new or this is where my company's at. And I was watching you and you're, you're twice my size. And I want to know big adjustments that you made to get there. You know, can you walk me through your model and maybe how you utilize your resources or contacts or how, how did you go from five to 10 and then 10 to 20? You know, so I, I would start with somebody that's just the next level up, um, try to create a relationship, provide them value. You know, there, there's got to be some kind of exchange. Sometimes people pay for mentors. I think they, they do it pretty frequently where it's like, hey, I, I need help. Um, you know, let's say it's a, a Grant Cardone level individual um, in the entrepreneur space. You know, he's not going to sit down and talk to you for free when he's got other billionaires that he can have a conversation with that they can all exchange ideas at the high level. So, you know, reach out to, you need to understand what business you're in, I think first, like who is winning at your business and who's done what you're aiming to do up to that certain point where you said you, you know, you had this amazing mentor that helped you to a certain point. And then you're like, okay, well now I've a little bit surpassed that stage. So now I need to find somebody else. And, and how do you do that? Um, maybe it's a little bit unique to every single industry, but I would definitely start smaller. Like you don't want to go for the big fish. Like, hey, you made $100 billion last year, $100 million. I would like to talk to you about my business. We did 500 grand in revenue last year. Um, take, take baby steps, but you have to be willing to get a little uncomfortable and reach out. Or maybe you do have to pay it first until you provide enough value to that person where it's a, it's a working relationship. You have to start somewhere. Um, and again, I know that we're a little bit unique because I've got access to people that have made 250 grand a year, you know, up to 10, 15, 20 million and just like net income outside of their gross revenue. So that it's not very common where you work at the same company and these people will just have a conversation with you that have done it. Um, yeah, I, but I, I, that's where I, I would start. all great point. Yeah. All great points. Really. I, I really like what you're saying. I think, you know, uh, I think the first thing that I would say is, you, you don't be afraid to ask period. You got it. You know, you have to recognize that I, I definitely grew so quickly because of my mentor. Okay. He got me, you know, it was really, I think he, he, I accelerated my business experience and growth, you know um, I guess, I, you know, astronomically really. And so it was an incredible value for, for me to have him there. Um, I, I wouldn't say like we, like my ben, my business mentor and I, who are still good friends, uh, it, what happened was at some point he, you know, he, you know, he, the stuff that he was teaching me, I learned it all. Right. And so that was, so after that, it just became, became his friends and, you know, it became equals, I would say in some spec, but I think you're, you're right in saying, you know, I, anyway, listen, I think finding a mentor is, is hard enough. Um, yes. Is it better to find somebody who's maybe a two steps above you instead of 20 steps above you? Yes. But if you could find that one person who's 20 steps above you, that's good too. Right. You can have more than just one mentor. Like, I, like I'll give you an example. My mentor, he has 2,100 companies that are incorporated. Right. And he has quite a number of companies that are offshore that he uses for tax purposes. And he would start talk, talking to me about offshore tax uh, benefits. 
And I'd be like, I'm a $3 million company. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he would go off in this tangent. And I was like, well, that's good, but I don't think that's going to help me. You know, um, but, but all the other stuff that he was there, plus that he was such a positive guy was just so advantageous to me. Um, I mean, one of the businesses I'm in today is because of him. Uh, he kind of introduced it to me. So, um, and, and so it, it worked out really, really well. I mean, and the other thing is there's, there's some things like, you know, back in those days, which was about 30 years ago, there was no coaching. You know, now everybody and their mother is a coach and, you know, they're trying to earn money as a coach. Uh, and, you know, I also had a coach that I thought was excellent. But my advice to you is if you're, you know, a lot of people are probably going saying, oh, I'm not going to go the mentor route. I'm going to, you know, maybe pay for a coach. You know, my suggestion is you better make sure that coach is, has experience. And has done it before because there's, I would say 99.9% .9 of the people who say they're coaches haven't done what they're, what they're coaching. And that's not good. That's not experience. That's not a, I think a mentor. I mean, do you, have you, did you ever go that route where you were <clears throat> looking for a coach that was paid? You know, so again, since being in the space that I'm in at the company that I'm with, I, yep. I couldn't, when I was brand new, you know, I couldn't have, I couldn't have afforded to pay anybody anyway. You know, I was so, I was in a very different financial situation. Like, like most people that want to start or become an entrepreneur, like you're not typically starting with $50 million that you already have. And like I, now I would, now that I've got this money, I would like to start a business. So, you know, I was trying to create that. So I couldn't have paid for a coach anyway. But I've heard you talk about this before on, on some of your other podcasts, even where why would you ever go try to learn something from someone who read it but hasn't executed or doesn't have the experience? If you haven't taken the risk, if you haven't put yourself out there, if you haven't grinded through the build, it'd be really strange to reach it. Now, I would reach out to you like, hey, this is how my business works. You've built a bunch of different companies to a good size. You know, I understand that we're not in the same space, but how did you accelerate? And at least we could have a, a conceptual conversation about what you went through and how you built it and how you scaled. And I can't have that conversation with someone, you know, and this is not a, a jab at, you know, professors or teachers, but I understand that you can read an econ book and regurgitate the information, but you've never taken a risk and built. So I didn't want to talk to anybody that hadn't executed something at a really high level. So I yep. was you know, I, I would have no problem paying for, you know, maybe a really high level coach if I got into a different business or a different space, but I have access to those people that are free to me right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, and getting a, getting a mentor, I think a great mentor will help you as far as they possibly can. And then direct you to the next person or advise you to reach out. Like, listen, we're Steven, we're at the same level now. I can't take you to the next step in your business or help you open another one. I've never done that before. I only have one business. So if you come to me and want to understand how to balance and use, you know, offshores for tax advantages, like I only have one company. I don't have a bunch of companies, so I can't, I can't help you with that. And that is what my very first mentor did such a great job of. And something that he taught me how to do was you're going to get into a spot where you can help somebody so far, and then you've got to point them in the next direction. Say, hey, I know a guy that went from 10 to 20 significantly faster than I did. So why don't you reach out to him? Um, and they'll kind of aim you in that direction of, hey, this is 
this is it. I, the, I've taken you as far as I possibly can. I've taught you everything that I know that I learned on how to build and scale to this size. Now we're right about in that same window of size. So who do we need to talk to next? Well, I would talk to this guy because he's the one that helped me go from a million to five. So why don't we talk to him first and see um, if he can help you as well. And I think recognizing yeah. that is pretty important. Yeah. I have this saying that I tell people that I, I kind of tweaked. I say, those who do, do. Those who can't do, teach. Those who can't teach, consult. Those who can't consult, coach. So it gives you the level of, you know, finding, and you know what, there, there are a lot of people really who have good experience that really will mentor you. you like I know, uh, Easton, you said early uh, on, you know, what's in it for them. Everybody who's been successful wants to give back. They really do. Okay. Now they may not be willing to meet, uh, meet with you every week, but you know, once a quarter over lunch and my mentor also, I mean, I think, you know, he really enjoyed meeting with me because at times I would be able to introduce him to, to ideas from a, he was, he's a much older man that uh, by 40 years than I was. And uh, I would be able to introduce him into what's going on in like the newer marketplace. And, you know, I think he really, really, he was a sharp tack guy, boy. And so, uh, but he, he liked that a lot. So, um, you know, you know, I, I think the hardest part, I think all our listeners are probably saying, okay, you know, where do I find this mentor? Right. And, and, and Easton, I, you, like you said, you had kind of this built in network. Well, like I didn't. Right. So like, first thing is it always has to be on the top of your mind. I need a mentor. I need a mentor. I want a mentor. And so one of the things that I would suggest is number one is ask friends. Do you know anybody who's very, very successful in building a business? And then, you know, can, can I, can I, you know, meet them and introduce myself. And then my first advice too is just because they say, if you speak to that person, they say, yes, don't just jump into the bed of them so quickly because you're so happy you found somebody, you know, get to know them. You know, they, they, they may not be as good as you think they are just because they have a successful business or they, they just may not match your personality you know, and you don't have to say to them, hey, I'm looking for a mentor. You say, hey, you know, I'd, I'd love to pick your brain and learn, uh, you, you know, what you've been doing. And do you think can, we can grab lunch? After that lunch, if you think it's a fit, then you can ask them. Because, I mean, there's sometimes having, a you know, someone who doesn't match with what you're looking for isn't really the best solution either. They can really send you off. I, I think I did that. I did that once before I had one guy who had built a company that was like 20 million and he, he was an engineering and he was an engineering guy. It just wasn't a fit. And I intuitively knew it at the time. So again, it goes back to the idea is that you just, you have to ask around. You always have to be on top of mind. The other thing that I would suggest too, I don't know, Patton, if uh, I'm sorry, Easton, if you did this too, um, Look for other organizations to join. Like I'm a big proponent of the entrepreneur organization, 
and I talk about that a lot, it's 15,000 members throughout the United States and you get put together with a peer group and you move up the ladder together. But I could tell you my, my peer group that's been together for nine, I'm sorry, for 20 years, nine guys, we've been together for 20 years and we meet five hours mm-hmm. every single week, month. You know, they open the avenue to other people that might lead to mentors as well. Now, do you belong to any organizations that you think have helped you certainly grow? You know, I don't, I didn't get plugged into a lot of stuff outside of our space. One thing that I did do is I I was pretty fortunate. I met a guy when I was back in college that had built and scaled an airline business, like a, like a charter company Mm -hmm. um, from scratch by himself. And, you know, he's, he's in his early seventies now and I, he came and spoke at our school and I actually used to kind of work part-time, you know, on and off for his, his wife when I was in college and she was a VP of Mary Kay for a while. And, you know, he had built this Alpine air company and sold it. So guys like that, where I, I had built some kind of little relationship with him when I was, you know, working for them a little bit in college, I started reaching out to him. You know, like when you're, when you hit like a wall just to get some bigger business perspective, because I've been really lucky. I've only been doing this three and a half years. I've only been in business for myself and trying to build a business for three and a half years. And really the first year was more of like learning the industry and trying to understand what I was doing anyway. So I was reaching out to people that had built and scaled other multi-million dollar businesses outside of what I did to get some perspective or some recommendations um, and just get some feedback on this is what I'm doing. This is how our business works. And this is where I'm stuck. You know, I can't seem to get past this wall. When you hit that in your, in your business, can you, would you be willing to take 15, 30, 45? Like how long can I get you for, you know, cause I know he's, you know, retired and doesn't, doesn't have the crazy schedule he used to, but there's, there's people that have given up 20, 30, 40 years of their life to build something, you know, that's five, $10 million. And sometimes it take has taken them 40 years. So that's what I was looking for is people who had to get through a lot more for a lot longer period of time that had to give up a lot more. I mean, three, three and a half years of your life to make some sacrifices and, you know, travel and give up a few things is almost nothing in the, in the scale of your entire lifespan. So connecting with people that I think have gone through a little bit different of an experience and really had to put it all on the line. You want to talk about risk purchasing, you know, planes and jets that cost five, 10, $20 million a piece. That's a little bit riskier than, than hiring a staff member. So I wanted some perspective on, you know, how did you deal with that kind of risk and, you know, the risk of loss that you have with that so that it really puts in perspective how, small and not risky what we're doing is, but I would, I don't have any group specifically, Stephen, that I'm connected with. I'm looking for individuals that have executed any kind of business development or business build and sold their companies at a high level so that I can get just some generic business feedback on, you know, how they accomplish what they've accomplished. And that's kind of the route that I've gone outside of our company. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I think that's the key. I think you're always looking for that next person who can kind of help you with different areas of your business. You get insight. You want that experienced person, right? Like you, you said originally, I agree with you 100%. And I, what, what I would tell people out there is, uh, our listeners, um, <clears throat> in the beginning, for the first 10, 15 years, you're looking for someone with business experience. After a while, you start looking for someone who has personal experience because you have other issues that are going on. 
in your life, uh, per, you know, family, health. <laughs> it's all these other things that, you know, you, you put on hold because your, your business demands so much of your time. Um, you know, I, I do want to kind of, because um, Easton comes from the um, life insurance world, uh, I do want to share with our listeners um, that my, my wife passed away last year unexpectedly. We, oh, we were married for 26 years. And the reason why, I, it's just a terrible story. It was just horrible. It's the worst thing anybody can possibly go through. Um, and But I, the reason I raise it is because... Um, both my wife and I um, had whole, we had whole life insurance. Uh, um, is that the right? That's the right terminology, right? Whole life, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and so whole life, what it started out being, and I heard that it's changed a lot. And I'm sure Easton can kind of chime in here. But when I got it 20 years ago, it was a great investment vehicle, and that's the way it was kind of. Uh, presented to me. And then we wanted life insurance too. So, you know, it, it, it really was a great, uh, both, right? Well, so when my wife passed, we got, uh, I got a very large sum of money. Um, and although I, you know, we have money, um, you know, as a business owner, it's not as liquid as you want it, you know, it's in the business. Now I, am not saying I had an issue. I really didn't, but getting that large amount of money, I, I have two sons. I have a 13 year old and a 22 year old now 13 and 22. Um, it allowed us to go on a trip to Africa. It allowed us to me, for me to spend money on whatever I wanted to for them. On like extensive tennis lessons, on other trips that we've taken, um, it it made the situation a little 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 bit better. And you know, I know a lot of people don't pull the trigger on life insurance because they think, oh, well, um, you know, I'm 40 years old, I'm not going to die, or I'm not going to die yet, or uh, or you know, the expense is. I can put it towards something else. I would tell you it was, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful that I now believe me, I wish I didn't have that life insurance policy and I had my wife back, but you know, I'm not somebody who can kind of change the, I don't know what could change the past, but I would just recommend everybody to get life insurance. Um, And uh, it's just, I just, I'm a big proponent of it. And uh, to spend the money, go do it, do it right. I would tell you, even if you think you have money, it just, the liquidity of having that money, and it came within um, within 15 days. Um, and it was a large amount. And uh, having that really allowed me, or if in this case, it would have been my wife, to, if I had passed, to take care of things um, without really having to worry about it. Um, so, uh, Easton, do you want to kind of add an echo that? Yeah, well, I'm Stephen. I'm really sorry to hear about the the loss of your wife. Thank um, you. I, 
you know, I think this initially when I started was a, a way to generate an income for my family. Um, that's kind of where it, it began. And then as you get into it a little bit, I mean, most, if you think about it, most everybody has lost somebody important to them at a younger age than they're expected to go, you know, so it's not, that's where the, this huge passion developed for me um, in the life insurance space is because it became more than a transaction. You know, it's a, you're connected with the clients. It's an emotional feel when you get your first death claim and you're the one that gets to go to bat and get them paid, deliver the check and be that person for the other, the other family members, you know, that's, that's what really kind of changed my mentality on how hard and serious that I was going to take this because the people that we see are typically the lower to middle income that kind of get forgotten about because they're not these, you know, big time wealthy clients that want to spend all this money. You know, they, maybe they've got 40, 50, 60, hundred bucks a month that they can wiggle on. And that's, that's what they have, you know, so getting to be the person that goes in front of them and they, they, we're a leads based company. So we only work with people that are specifically looking for life insurance. It makes our job significantly easier. So they already understand that they have a need and to be the person that can go over there and, and say, Hey, here's, you know, we're brokers. So here's a couple of options and you know, how, whatever's going to fit your family. That's okay for you guys. I'm here to help. Um, delivering the, the claim, Stephen is, is what changed everything for me. And I, I had one of my childhood friends growing up, you know, had a, a daughter that passed away at 17 days, you know, so that's being around that and having that experience with him. Um, you know, these people that are young and bulletproof and nothing bad can happen to me. You know, if, if kids can die young and unsick people can get sick and then pass out of nowhere, you know, nobody's bulletproof and going to live forever. So I think having that understanding and not, not being so naive that nothing bad could ever happen to me because I'm young, healthy, exercise, whatever, you know, the quote unquote excuse is, um, it's driven my passion to a much different level than I initially got into the business for, you know, I understood that life insurance created lots of wealth for a lot of other people. So I figured it was a good business to get into. Um, and then the passion followed, you know, once you have those interactions and get to experience being the person that's there for the clients, um, on the worst day of their life, you know, that's, that's kind of what drives me on a daily basis. Um, I love the business aspect of what we do. The fact that it's a service-based sales business is what makes it kind of a peak opportunity for me. Yeah. I mean, listen, I got the insurance originally, as you would think, because if I died, I really planned for if what happens if I pass away. Um, there's a variety of different things that I had done. Uh, and my wife, you know, even I, it was crazy. Like even when I would go away on business trips on a plane, I would leave a letter to my wife saying, open this. If I, if I don't, you know, if something happens and it, you know, we would do a little bit of dry runs, so to speak. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not over-exaggerating it, but about where, making sure where everything is, you know, what's going on in my business and stuff like that and what to do, you know, like loose plans. Like, listen, if, if, uh, if, if something happens to me, you know, have your mom move up into the house, raise my 12 year old until he gets to high school and then move and then sell this asset that I have and stuff like that. And, you know, so we, we would do, we would talk a little bit about it, but, um, you know, the life insurance was supposed to be for me to help her. I mean, what I didn't know now I know is that having that money from the life insurance really made my ability to focus on the other million things that I had to focus in on 
when she passed easier. It was a, an incredible amount of breathing room. And um, so, so I'm a big proponent of it. Um, you know, it rather, you know, look into the whole life. If, I don't know if it's still a, a good investment vehicle. Um, but uh, if not, then you get a term life. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but go, go over it with your significant other. What happens? You know, because what you learn uh, is uh, after this happens, I, I belong. So I belong to something called Good Grief, which is a support group for people who have families that have lost their their moms, dads, of and of who are kids who lost their mom and dads, and or uh, or spouses. For in my case, so uh, what you realize when you go to these organizations is how normal it is that people lose people at all these different ages. Like I, I didn't know anybody who really kind of died young, younger, young, whatever. And then you realize, Oh my God, this does happen. And it happens more than you think it does. So, um, so anyway, I, I hope this helps you. Um, and of course, you know, you know, Easton sounds like a good guy. You should reach out to him. You know, I'm not, you know, I don't know him. And, but it sounds like he sounds like he is passionate about it and cares about it. You know, reach out to him if you're thinking about getting insurance. So, uh, you know, a mentor, I think it's a great idea. I think you always need to be looking. You can have mentors for different reasons and uh, just keep looking and try to, you know, unturn. Uh, every rock you can to find someone who's going to help you achieve your goals. I think that's what both Easton and I are saying. Um, so I'd like to thank so very much for um, Easton Patton from uh, Family First Life for coming on today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like today's podcast or the, all the other ones that we've done, um, please give us a great review because it really helps us. Um, you know, on your app, uh, get, get the word out. They use those reviews to be able to prioritize and our, you know, we're getting thousands of listeners now, so it's really a great, been a great podcast. Uh, and I thank you for listening. Uh, if, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, please call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in financing solutions, creditline.com. And uh, Easton, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, so you can just reach out anytime on your <clears throat> on my direct cell. Um, it's 406-860-4882. Um, it's the best way to get a hold of me. It's just my personal phone. Um, so if you want to get into business or have any other questions about what we do, I'm more than happy to hop on. Yeah, and, and um, if they does, – does – fa- does- Family First Life have a website or do you use that the other uh, what website would they go to there for that as well? Yep, so you would go to um ep-financial.org. Um that's a direct link to our Family First Life company and then familyfirstlife.com has a big corporate website too to check us out on. Yep. Good. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, I want to just uh you know reiterate to everybody having a mentor is a great idea. I, you know, keep looking for it. And if you, uh, if you, I think if you keep do, doing at it, it'll eventually you'll find people. I both, uh, uh, both 
uh, Easton and I both found our mentors and uh, we both agree that it's been very, very helpful in our lives. So everybody, it's summertime. Get out there, smell the roses. You're not just about your business. You have to take good care of yourself. And uh, if you take care of yourself, you'll be able to take care of your family, your business, and your family. All right, everybody, have a fantastic day.